Coming up on Behind the Woman. As human beings, we have the capacity to learn so much. What a shame if we don't take advantage of that. Like, there's no reason that we shouldn't. I like to do things that people don't think that I can do. Don't be afraid to push yourself and don't be afraid to feel uncomfortable. That's where we see like growth in ourselves. This girl wouldn't let me jump rope with her and I asked her why and she said, cause you're black. And let me tell you, the world needs more female black engineers. Cause Say that again. The world needs more. <laughs> This program is brought to you by the members of WCNY. Thank you. National Grid is proud to support Behind the Woman because of the energy it provides to our community. Good evening and welcome to Behind the Woman. I am your host, Dr. Johanna Rogers. And on tonight's episode, we meet Maya Bentley Anthony. She's an engineer and a community supporter. Over the last year, we've sat down with Maya to get to know her, but also see her journey. Let's go ahead and meet Maya. Ochi, wait, good boy. My name is Maya Bentley Anthony and I'm an engineer. I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. I, I love Cincinnati. I have an older brother, I have two older brothers actually, one that I grew up with, and my older brother has Down syndrome and that's my, that's my heart right there. He literally changes my mood in an instant. Like if he picks up the phone and calls me, I melt like I'm a little kid. I had really good parents too. We didn't always have the, like, the most money, but they made do with what we did have. My mom was my biggest role model growing up. Even growing up as a kid, like I didn't really realize she was my role model, but now that I'm older, I'm like, dang, I really, really looked up to her. I, I would say I was a very funny kid. Um, I wasn't bad, but I did like jokes and things like that. And I knew that I could only take it as far as like my mom would allow. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a veterinarian. Give me the raccoon. All things that I thought women and girls didn't do. Um, I'm very rebellious. Well, yes I am. I was gonna say was, but I am very rebellious and I like to do things that people don't think that I can do. More so to challenge myself, but also to be like, hmm, okay, now what? I think the first time I realized it when I was at Girl Scout camp that I was different. Like I don't, I always know that I look different, but I never really felt different. Um, so I went to this Girl Scout camp with me and one of my friends that I grew up with. And this girl wouldn't let me jump rope with her. And I asked her why. And she said, cause you're black. And I said, well, you're white. So let me jump rope with you. And like, I, that was just me like, you know, firing back because I was feeling defensive. But after that situation, I was like, dang, this little girl won't play with me because I'm black. So I went home and told my mom and she, you know, like, you know, you have the conversation of like, this is, this is the world that we live in and some people are not gonna be able to, not gonna be able to look past your skin color. I went to the University of Kentucky and I got my degree in biosystems engineering. I really enjoyed my time at UK. Um, I feel like I, I grew a lot as a woman. That was my first time like leaving the country because I did a study abroad. So it was just a lot of different experiences that kind of helped shape my mindset about 
me and the world. Um, I've always been interested in science and technology, those type of things. And so learning what an engineer was, that kind of helped me figure out, oh, these are the things that I like and this is a profession that I could do that in. And, um, and it's something that's challenging. So people are like, oh, it's hard. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna do it then. Something that my mom always kind of really told me was that closed mouths don't get fed. I think being a, an advocate for yourself is huge. Like I had, I, I had great parents. And so them really instilling that in me is something that I really appreciate. And I always think about, you know, what about the kids that don't have that in their life, that don't have parents that are like, you can do whatever you want. You need to speak up for yourself in these situations. So that's another reason that series like these are so important. We need to see more women doing amazing things. And that is exactly what Behind the Woman is. So we were sitting talking just about your story. Mm -hmm. And what I want to know, right, is how does this, like, beautiful fashionista, engineer, like badass, end up in central New York? Because you're not from here. Right, right. So, well, I guess I'll start with where I'm from. Okay. So I was born and raised in Cincinnati. Love me some Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I moved from there. I went to University of Kentucky for school. Hmm. And uh, I moved to Beloit, Wisconsin, which is what? where I know. Listen, listen. I, if you think Linda, Syracuse is off the map, you went in Beloit, I didn't Wisconsin. even, like I was saying before, I didn't even know where Wisconsin was. I thought it was like near Idaho. Oh, like, yeah, don't right. don't judge me on that, but <laughs> um, but yes, I, I moved to Bullitt, Wisconsin. Lived there for a year. That's where my job is, and then I moved just south of there to Rockford, Illinois. So oh, I, that must have been like the big city. Okay, a little bit got bigger, got bigger, it. yeah, bigger city. <laughs> but I mean, Rockford is like an hour from Chicago. Okay, so I had access to like Chicago, Milwaukee, Madison, you know. So that was um, really helpful. But I still work my same company okay. and um, my fiance got a job out here so we had the opportunity to move out here so and that's what brought you to Syracuse that's what brought me to Syracuse yeah oh my goodness and so talk to me about that decision-making process because your career mm -hmm. um, was in Beloit mm -hmm. and you're still with a company there mm -hmm. but you're working remotely yes and what does that like so what does that look like as, number one, I want to talk to you about being an engineer, because I don't know if you caught that part, but you're an engineer mm -hmm. also. And so what does work look like for you? So my work kind of shifted. So I moved here in April, and mm -hmm. my work um, at my company shifted. So before I was a quality engineer, I was on the shop floor a lot, um, doing a lot of corrective actions. We, um, we, make, we manufacture diesel engines. So there's little piece parts that go into building this huge engine. And so I was a quality engineer, go out on the floor, they're like, this don't work, you know, you gotta go through all the paperwork, look at all the drawings and figure out what's wrong with it. Okay, pause. 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 Rewind. Cause you said diesel trucks. Engines. Engines. Mm -hmm. So as I'm, I imagine myself like driving down the highway and like, the big tractor trailer truck thing? Nope, so okay. diesel engines that go in some more so military ships. So these are huge, like. Oh. So can you be telling us this on camera? Yeah, I can tell you. Okay, that. okay, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> There are some things I can't say, but, uh, <laughs> but yes. So okay. they're, they're really large engines and most of our um, customers like the military. Um, so some nuclear power plants, things like that, yeah. And you 
are in there doing all this. Yep, little old me. Little old me, you're like a hidden figure. Yeah. Because how many other women um, at this company look like you? Like when you came into the shop, I'm trying to like imagine the shop floor and what you're doing. Wow, and Yeah, um, I still got like a sore thumb in the shop floor. Um, so there aren't many women. Um, I think our company has um, three women of color, I think. I think that's about right. Um, but it's an older company too. So there are a lot of older, older men. There aren't many young people. So there's that diversity factor. Okay. Um, color, there aren't many. Um, there, are, there are some people of color, but women of color, there aren't many of us in there, so. Wow. That is just impressive to me. Cause I think a lot of times you hear people talk about like engineering and there's so many different types. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but what is it that you do and how when you start to ask the questions and think about it, like you are helping to design engines that go into army military vehicles and imagining just all the possibilities behind that. And this beautiful brown faced girl is behind all of that. Hey. <laughs> right? That's, that's just amazing. And so what inspired you to do this? Oh, so, I mean, I guess we can, when we were talking, you know, previously, um, engineering wasn't my first choice. So I also wanted to do um, special education. Mm -hmm. My mom is a special interventionist and my older brother has Down syndrome. So I think that had something to do with that. Mm -hmm. um, but I realized quickly that I could do um, engineering and still do stuff with like special education on the side. Okay. Um, whereas the other way around, I don't, it would have been really difficult. You couldn't probably be a teacher and right. then become an engineer. Mm -hmm. Got it, got right. it, got it. Right. So you so, did that first. Um, but when I was younger, one of my friends, so my, my mom is a teacher, my dad, um, he worked in the hospital, he was in the Navy, he did all kinds of stuff. Okay. But one of my friends, her dad was an engineer and she was going to a camp for a week up in Dayton, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And she asked me if I wanted to go with her because she knew that I liked problem solving and math and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And so I had the opportunity to go and that camp was like, probably what opened my eyes to women in this field. And how old were you when you went to this camp? Oh man, I think I was, had to be either going into high school, like okay. junior high time frame, okay. or middle school maybe, somewhere in there. Got it. So I was pretty young. Yeah. Um, but it was like a revelation, because before that I knew I liked math and science. I knew I liked problem solving. And that's funny, because oftentimes you still hear, mm -hmm. like girls don't do math and science, mm -hmm. particularly black girls don't do math oh, yeah. and science. So like for me, I, I don't remember anyone ever talking to me about math or science. And even now, like just even thinking about that, like my hands are getting sweaty and anxiety because I'm just like trying to imagine <laughs> what that looks like, right? Um, and so it's just awesome to just like sit down and listen to you and like hear your story. Mm -hmm. And I guess now we're able to connect to like, you think about hidden figures of films that come out and it yeah, talks about such a being- great movie a black woman in that space and like here we are sitting down and you're like doing that work like you're an extension of that yeah that's it's crazy that's crazy it's crazy and so you're no longer on the shop floor right so not only were you there but then but you're working here explain to me what that like looks like yeah so now i've moved into the role of apqp engineer it's a mouthful advanced Ooh, product a quality planning oh, a APQP. It's it's APQP. Yes, it's similar okay. to like a project engineer, <laughs> but more so on the planning side of it. Okay, if that Got makes it. any sense. Um, so I do a lot of like contract reviews. I do a lot. Of, I host a lot of meetings with 
Um, we have a lot of different projects running through our shop and they all have different requirements. Okay. So making sure that um, for our the quality department, since I was a quality engineer, that we're aligned with the paperwork that this project needs, we're getting all of the documentation signed off and things like that. So I'm going to translate this into okay. like every day. Got you. So you were on the shop floor, being mm -hmm. like, putting the engine together, the engine don't work, call Maya, because Maya is going to help us figure out what's different, mm -hmm. like what needs to change, yep. how we're going to fix that. And then they were like, oh, Maya's so good at this. <laughs> <laughs> that we're going to get somebody else on the floor, and she's evaluating and coordinating projects with, that are coming onto the shop floor. Yes. That is, and that is how we're going to produce yeah. whatever it is we need for exit contract. So you and have, I, and I love this stuff too. So like even when I was on the floor, I was trying to get more into um, the project side of it because I'm a planner. Like that's my thing, and like looking at it, how can you make it better? How can mm -hmm. you um, just make it more seamless? If that makes any sense. Um, so that's kind of my, my niche. So when you talk about that, I'm like, I can do that. Like, I, I plan. I want to do shows. We're going to do the set. We're going to mm -hmm. do interviews. Like, this is what we need. Mm -hmm. But I don't think often people hear that aspect of engineering. Because it's, it's so broad. It, engineering is so broad. There's so many different assets of it. There's so many different things that... Um, the tools that I learned in school that translate into a different way. You know what I mean? We take yeah. all these math classes. Right. And I really like math. But to a certain... Like, point, I'm like, I don't know, you know, like, I'm done. You don't need, because I figured you had to be, like, math Einstein to do. I mean, you, for well. me, I, I like math, <laughs> but I ain't no math Einstein. <laughs> During this time of COVID, we all have had to struggle with what to do with our time. Maya has shown us how she's used this time to reconnect with family, engage with friends and sorority sisters, but also further pursue some of the goals on her list. Let's see what she's up to. Um, but next in queue are the item 72 um, retrofit kits. I wake up, you know, I go let the dog out, feed him, get all his stuff together, and then I eat breakfast, I make coffee, and eat my coffee, my fuel, and um, every morning I have a meeting with my team, kind of like a check-in meeting, so that's kind of the start of my day for work. I think it's definitely person-by-person -person based what you do during your time with COVID, the free time that you have, if you have free time. For me, I felt that I had more time and I had the capacity to take on more. And because of that, I was able to take more classes. So I'm getting my master's right now and I took on another class um, just so that I could be done a little bit quicker because I'm almost done. And um, just spend more time here at the house with my family. So she was supposed to be done with her master's in December. Next thing you know, oh, I think I'm going to do this and take this extra class, which moves it to October. Right now, she's taking another class that's going to move up her graduation to August. And a part of me is like, are you sure you want to put yourself through that? But she'll be bored otherwise, so. I feel like as human beings, we have the capacity to learn so much. And it's, you know, you can learn so much from school. You can learn so much from people, from just observing your surroundings. and. 
you know, what a shame if we don't take advantage of that. Some days I get up and I look at that screen and I'm like, listen, I don't, I don't have it for you today. I don't have it for you today. And, and that is perfectly okay. There are times that you would be more efficient if you take a break. And I think that sometimes we don't understand that we don't really comprehend like, oh yeah, I need to get this done though. That's what we think about. Like, no, I need to take a break so that I can actually recharge and then get to what I need to do. To be fully functional, to be capable of like fulfilling our full potential, we gotta, we gotta really sit back and say, what does my body need? What do I need? And listen to that. There we go. Uh-oh, where's, where's Karen? For the sorority that I'm in, Delta Sigma Theta, um, I'm the treasurer for the, for the sorority this year. So it's been um, challenging at times because it's, you know, on top of my regular workload and, and school load and things like that. But as an organization, Delta's amazing. So we've had to cancel some of our programs that we had that were upcoming this year. Um, but I know that for our social action um, team that we've been able to do a lot of like, you know, information regarding voter. Uh, registration and voter information so keeping everybody like abreast of you know even though we have this pandemic going on there's still issues that we have to face as a community so that's been really neat to be able to still be able to make an impact in that way but essentially i'm thinking a couple taller ones in the back when it comes to behind the woman and and maya and her involvement with it i think it's it highlights her versatility right and it highlights her experiences, it highlights her background, it highlights her accomplishments and the things that she's still trying to accomplish. So I, if I could sum it all up in one word, it's proud, right? You know, you, you have that moment where you're sitting back going, yeah, that's, that's, that's my wife right there. You know what I mean? So, and it, inspi and it inspires you. We're humans, right? We have those moments where we hit that wall and having somebody like, like Maya pushes you um, towards accomplishments that you might have you, you might have put on the back burner. That's all the tricks we got. So tell me for women watching this interview, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, I don't know that I'll ever go back to school again, but there may be a woman out there that may have the same skill set. They may be like, you know what, I'm really good at planning. I kind of get math, that's kind of like my thing, but aren't sure how to package that and move to the next level yeah. uh, to get into engineering. What would you say to that, um, not just young lady, not just women that are you know coming up, yep. but also maybe women that want to do a career change and feel like that's a space that they could play in, what would you say to them? I would say um, engineering is challenging, so the classes are definitely hard, but if you like the challenge and you are just scared to take that step, take that step. Because there are so many different um, organizations out there that are built to help support you in that, in that step once you take it. Um, I, I love NSBE. Like that was one the of the- National acronyms. Society for Black Engineers. Thank you, I was right. like acronyms, yes. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's not easy, but once you get through and you're in it, like you, like you can do it. Like right. I had so many times where I felt like I was either defeated or I feel like I like how how in the heck am I gonna get through this class? Like right. but it's for me I also had that that sort of imposter syndrome too. Like how did I get here? You know what I mean? Like I'm not the best at math. I'm not the best at science. 
but I love problem solving. And let me tell you, the world needs more female black engineers. Cause Say that again. The world needs more. <laughs> the world needs more, more black yes. female engineers. So many more. Because just as women, we think so, so much differently than men. And sometimes we're like in, in a meeting and I'm like, are we really going this right now? Whereas I feel like <laughs> if I was in a room with other females, it would just be like, okay, yes, and move along. You know what I mean? Along. So, right, and then right. same with like just being a, a black female. It's just like, why are we, why are we doing all of this? Like, let's just move past this and and get to the get to the real root of the issue. Right. So, I think we I think we're phenomenal. We are phenomenal. So, and I feel like we need more of us. More of us. So I'm gonna keep pushing you to be like, let's figure out ways to talk with more black women yes. or black young girls about becoming engineer and what that's becoming an engineer mm -hmm. and what that takes and requires and connecting them. So a lot of what you're saying, I feel like I can relate to going through the PhD process, right? And imagine. once you get yes. into a space that's deemed hard or elite or exclusive mm -hmm. or whatever, um, it's almost as if people think that, like you've made it, like you must be, and sometimes it's just circumstance, like somebody inviting you to the engineering camp or just moments in life that get you to into certain rooms. Yeah. But there's still that network and support and that desire of seeing people that look like you mm -hmm. in that space, right? And that's part of what um, my story as far as like the great eight, like we, we're there getting our PhDs, but there was something else that we needed as black women to get us to and through that yeah. process. You know, so when you talk about being in a room full of old, older white men, you know, or just men in general, mm -hmm. you know, that academic space in a very real way is still very similar. Yeah. And it's like, how do you carve out? And so I want you to find like a sister circle too. Like, let's create some yes. sister circle engineers, right? Find them out there. Where y'all at? <laughs> right. And so what's next for you? You're, you're running things at this company in Beloit, it sounds like, from a quality control perspective. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, but what else is next for Maya? Um, so my, as I told you, Maya loves planning and Maya loves organization, but Maya also loves like technical stuff too. Um, problem solving. So Maya is in grad school right now online, getting her MBA. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So the hope there is to just open more doors and mm -hmm. to kind of figure out what's my next step. Because mm -hmm. I don't know what my next step is. I mean, we're always learning. We're always growing, right? Yeah. Um, I know that there's, I know that I've been given like other abilities and other talents. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of want to try and tap into those. Yeah. Um, I mean, saying that means I'm not just an engineer, y'all. Right. Like, I do other things, yeah. too. I called you the other night, and she's like, I'm on my way into tap dance class. Yes! <laughs> I love dancing. I just, there's so many different things out there in this yeah. world, and I feel like, um, I mean, that's part of the fun of education, mm -hmm. like being able to learn new things about yourself and learn things that you like, um, and just learn things from classes that kind of steer you into mm -hmm. new directions that you would never even think of. Absolutely. So um, for me, it's more of an exploratory, exploratory thing. I know some people, you know, like, I want to do this, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of all over the place. And that's which okay. Is, you know, and I'm okay with that. That's okay. And yeah. it sounds like you have a career, and this is what I want, you know, viewers to hear that you have a career, you worked hard, you got 
into this position, but now it's opening up opportunities yeah. for your life to look so different than what most probably would imagine. Mm-hmm. Like you have a nine to five. Like my mama was always like, oh my God, you're gonna be in school forever. Like you need a nine to five. And as we're moving into like this next industrial era, like nine to five looks so different. Mm-hmm. Like you live how many states away from your employer and you work from home and you're tap dancing and sitting down with me and you have yeah. the flexibility to still get, th- and you're in school. You're doing a lot. Girl, I mean, <laughs> you did your PhD with all this, so. <laughs> I know, yeah, it's true, but you're doing a lot. And the one thing I want folks, and part of the reason like, I'm inviting you and the women to sit down and talk about is the way in which we live our lives and the choices that we're making and how mm-hmm. I think I want young women that look like us to know is that they can imagine their life in so many different ways. And regardless of where you start or yeah. what background that you're coming from, that plays a part for sure. But I want to sit down with women that can show them and tell their stories and inspire them to maybe think a bit broader mm-hmm. about what type of opportunities they have. Yeah. So thank you for doing that. Yes, thank you for having me. <laughs> During this time of COVID, at a time when our country is facing unprecedented issues, Maya has chosen to stay focused on her dreams and her aspirations. She's used technology to continue learning. She's continuing to connect with the community organizations that she's so passionate about. I hope you will use Maya's story as a point of inspiration and motivation to keep pursuing your dreams. Thank you for tuning in tonight, and we'll see you next week on Behind the Woman. Next week on Behind the Woman. Because when you're, what you look like isn't valued or seen as attractive, and you don't see that in any of the magazines that are around or things like that, you know, that renders you invisible in a certain way that can be very painful. Our mission is to support emerging and underrepresented artists working in the field of photography unequivocally, without qualification, without any kind of caveats. Black lives matter, simply matter. I have to keep reminding people that we are not a monolith and that we need to have a multitude of voices in the room. This program is brought to you by the members of WCNY. Thank you. VIP Structures, 45 years of integrated solutions offering architecture, engineering, construction, and development. VIP, creating sustainable structures designed and built to enrich neighborhoods and strengthen communities. Experience the creative, collaborative difference at VIP. National Grid is proud to support Behind the Woman because of the energy it provides to our community.